Today's guest is Nishant Jain, the Managing Director of B. Jain Pharmaceuticals in India. I was very excited to speak with him because since my very first day of studying homeopathy, I've seen the name B. Jane on many of my textbooks. And then a few years ago, when I was looking for a new pillial supplier, I reached out to B. Jane and I have been purchasing my pillials from them ever since. So I'm currently working with one of their team to hopefully import some books into Australia to make it a bit more accessible for our homies who are ready to learn more about homeopathy. So watch this space. Nishant joined the family business at a very young age, and he's a very hardworking individual who started his journey at the grassroots level where he was responsible for the sales of homeopathic software. He later headed the publishing division where he was successful in creating partnerships on a global level, including the formation of BJ and Archibald, which was the first venture of the company outside India. He was the key person responsible for the diversification of the company into pharmaceuticals. His determination helped him set up a world-class pharmaceutical facility that has consistently been able to deliver high-quality homeopathic products. With more than 50 years of experience, BJ has always strived to spread awareness about the importance of transparency of procedures in homeopathic pharmaceuticals. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Homeopathy Hangout, where we discuss all things homeopathy from around the world. And now my mum and your host, Eugenie Kruger. Hello, homies, and a very warm welcome to Homeopathy Hangout. Today, we get to hang out with Nishant Jain, who is the Managing Director of B. Jain Pharmaceuticals in India. Welcome to the show, Nishant. Thank you. It is so wonderful to have you on the show. I have been a customer of BJ for several years now. It's where I get my homeopathic pillials from for my clients. And mm-hmm. the reason is just that I think you produce very good quality and I would just never think of buying anywhere else. So, I, and I love working with your staff. They're always very friendly. So I just want to say a personal thank you from me to you for supplying me with pillials all these years. <laughs> uh, thank you for acknowledging that. And uh, that is the biggest motivation for us to, to keep going for the last 55 years now. 55 uh, years. Yeah. Yeah. So, now so I, this has always been a, a big motivation for us. Thank you. Wonderful. I do have some of your liquid dilutions as well. And I like the lids that you use and the little droppers that you use. And the, we don't mm-hmm. get them in Australia. The ones that you use is a little bit different to what we get here. And I really like your ones. They're very easy to use and very nice and easy to dispense. And you've got... Heaps of books as well. I've been dealing with one of the gentlemen at Speed Jane, just trying to uh, arrange to get a bunch of books sent over here, specifically Burika's books. So, yeah, I've had a lot okay. to do with your staff, and it's very nice to finally get to to meet the head honcho there as well. <laughs> so, <laughs> so tell right. me, Nishant, I usually yeah. start off the show by asking people how they were introduced to homeopathy. I know how you were introduced, but maybe just tell our audience about your history with homeopathy. Actually, it goes back to before my birth, actually. It's a family business as my grandfather started this about 55 years back. And he got into homeopathy publishing uh, books to make the literature, which was not really easily available to the market, to print them. He was basically, he used to type them on a steno and bind them by hand and make a delivery. So it started right from the bottom of the pyramid. So it went on, and now actually, the uh, since the business has been got a great acceptance worldwide. So my father joined the business. He, he took it to the another level, light like from the books from the Indian market to the global platform. And he started adding up many other you know verticals in homeopathy, apart not just books. 
He got into software distribution. He got into the journals and Spanish books and a lot of other market avenues. And then the third generation joined up and we had a choice at, uh, to get into publishing, exports of women garments, handicrafts and so on. But I chose to stick to homeopathy. The major reason behind that has always been is the love and affection that we get from this community. Mm. And that really, really puts us on a great platform like what the affection and what brand image the family has been able to create in the market. This is the biggest motivation for me to go it further. And I added up the pharmaceutical division about 12 years back. Mm-hmm. And that's where we started on. And I think there's no other motivation which is required to keep on going on this. That's amazing. And you do lots of different things there at BJ. And can you just quickly give us a rundown of all the different departments that you have there? Because it feels like there's nothing homeopathic that you don't do because you've got the software and the pillars and the remedies and the books and everything else. So just give us a, like a, a bit of an overview of what people can expect when they deal with BJ. Uh, when you talk about BJ now, today we're, we're dealing with different verticals of various businesses run down primarily into homeopathy as a division. Mm-hmm. So within this, we do publishing of books in different languages, not only in English. Mm-hmm. Then we do journals uh, on the online version. We started off with the online platform of teaching through Homeopathic Academy. We have mm-hmm. a social media platform by Homeopathic 360 Degrees. Radar Homeopathic Software, which is now Opus, we distribute that for the Asian market. Then we we involved in a lot of other associations in homeopathy across the globe in terms of supporting homeopathy. And we've got an association called CASH, which is a charitable wing of homeopathy, which is involved in doing a lot of events and promotional activity for the homeopathic side of it. Then 12 years back, we got into pharmaceuticals, whereby we started manufacturing medicines. And three years back, we added up another wing to the pharmaceutical division, which started with the personal care division, which means the cosmetics by using the homeopathic ingredients. Uh-huh. So that's another uh, section we just recently added now. So this oh, is what we do in the mail. That's so yeah. interesting. Can you tell us a little bit about the cosmetics? So do you actually have homeopathic preparations in the creams? Because... Yeah, I mean, yeah. they be using uh, like calendula. We mm. all know the, the benefits of calendula is mm-hmm. a great product for the skin ailments. So we using that product in a, in a shampoo. We using that in a in a face cream and a body lotion. We using that in a face wash. So just an example, like arnica, we've got a arnica shampoo, arnica hair oil, tuja used for anti dandruff. Oh. So uh, gingerbread used for anti aging cream. So there are many such products. We're just adding up by using the homeopathic ingredients to make, get it to a mass acceptance on oh, the global really level. Cool. Yeah. That's really cool. And what sort of potencies do they have in the remedies themselves? Because of course, you know how we get always get told, you know, take the remedy away from food because it will antidote it. But if the remedies are in the creams, does it not antidote it? I know this is what the listeners are going to be asking. Uh, we're so using maybe... actually, this is a small thing. Actually, we're not using the potentized medicines in that, okay. to be very honest, because we're using the herbs, which are used oh, okay. in homeopathy. Like the tinctures, the mother tinctures. Away, like tinctures, and okay. the herbal extracts too in the, the, the cosmetic division. So basically, it all boils down to making the other side of the, like Ayurveda and herbal is very popular in India. Mm. But like, for example, the scalendula itself, it's not really known in the other side of the world. 
So, so we got this to be made it available on the platform. So at least people know about Calendular, Arnica, Montana as the great products for different uh, daily usage as well. So, so it becomes a household name. Oh, very interesting. Yeah. So you might, you know, use it as a shampoo and use a calendula shampoo. And so then when you see that as a pillow on the rack, you're already familiar with the name. So that's kind of very, that's very exactly. clever way to, yeah. yeah, introduce people into it. I like what you're thinking. <laughs> and, um, with the, with the teaching, tell me a little bit about that. So what sort of teaching do you offer? We've got a lot of homeopathic doctors we've attached with them in terms of developing their content. Mm-hmm. which is uh, making courses available for students, for researchers, and for even as CMEs for practitioners. Mm. So these courses are developed, designed in a way that a student can, for example, organ on. For different schools, they don't have access to great teachers. So we've developed the content based out of the minimum requirements of the understanding for what organ and all is all about. And mm. then the whole course is designed maybe for about 200 hours, 150 hours, and that's delivered online if students want to read through it and to understand in a more practical manner, just rather than just reading the book. Oh, uh, wow. teachers, yeah. So, And is that aimed at homeopaths or at uh, yeah, it's, people it's, or anyone? Uh, it's majorly to do with homeopaths, actually, the students mm-hmm. and who, who want to pursue homeopathy further. So, oh, so more of a understand. Yeah. That's, and how do people get hold of that? Where do they just enroll through your website, or how do they? How do yeah, get there's a it? website called the Homeopathic Academy. If you visit bgen.com, so mm-hmm. so on the same page, you might get a link for Homeopathic Academy, and then you can okay. refer to the courses on homeopathy through this. Excellent. I know what I'm doing tonight. I'm going to have a have a little look on there. Sure. Like we've got great teachers like uh, Dr. Frederick Squines, Dr. Farouk Master. Oh, wow. Uh, Grant Bentley from Australia and yes. people like them so who have got a great knowledge in homeopathy and their experiences and their whole uh, knowledge has been shared online oh, in the form of a course. Yeah. Well, we've had Farouk Master and Grant Bentley on the show, and I've got a recording of Frederick Schoens that uh, we're going to be mm. p- putting on the podcast soon. So that's incredible teachers that you've got on board to be teaching that material. Yeah. Wonderful. And uh, tell me a little bit about the cash, the events. So what is that exactly? And what type of events do you put on? By cash, we mean Center for Advanced Studies in Homeopathy. Yeah. Under this umbrella, we do a lot of events, majorly to do in India. Mm-hmm. Uh, we conduct more to do with the physical seminars, whereby the homeopaths are invited. Sometimes it's free of cost, or sometimes it's basically on a basic charge. And we've invited people like Robin Murphy in India. We've invited oh. uh, Roberto Petrucci. We've done with uh, Luke Dishkepper and Frederick Schroens and people like them who've been there and given different lectures and teachings mm. across the country. And uh, so it's just more of a continued medical education for people like to know more and more about homeopathy and being connected. And all the... The, the funds which we receive in this organization is put in back into homeopathy by further doing more and more events. So we don't take the profit out of it. It's just to, to as a social uh, cause to promote homeopathy. 
Oh, wonderful. Now I can yeah. see the connection with Schroens coming out there, like Frederick Schroens coming out there because he, of course, has developed the yeah. synthesis repertory, which is actually what I use as well. And I've used Radar Opus for 12 years now. And I know that you are wow. one of the resellers for Radar Opus. I remember being a student and just having to fork out all that money. And I'm like, oh, it's so expensive. I don't know where I'm going to get the money for it. <laughs> but actually, I recently listened to an interview that Frederick Schroens gave. And he said when he invested in his first electronic homeopathic software it was something like $35,000 and this was you know what's it like 30 years ago or something like that and uh, you know it was like brand new so I can't really uh, complain about the couple of grand that I paid for my software because back when they those homeopaths started all those years ago with this software it was so expensive you had to pretty much remortgage your house refinance your house (laughs) to be able to buy the software but so you uh BJane is the reseller for is it just for India or for all of Asia for the uh, software? We do majorly for the Indian subcontinent. Mm-hmm. So so as the market is growing, so they've, they've added more and more dealer distributor to be more focused in the rest of the world. Uh, so what we've been doing for the, the Indian subcontinent uh, as major distribution for that. And we also a part of integral part in terms of the initial promoters for radar as well. So Bijan was involved in terms of being a shareholder for the Opus at a certain stage. Now we've done an exit, but yeah, we certainly an integral part of promoting the program to this market yeah excellent oh that's incredible well I I will thank you as well then because literally when I open my computer in the you know first thing when I open it in the morning the first thing that gets opened is my email the second thing that gets opened is my radar opus and I don't know I don't know what homeopaths ever did without this incredible piece of software it is so great and Radar support is amazing. And, you know, Luke Norland's videos that he does on how to use the software, I just get it. I love it. It's just such a powerful tool. And sometimes I'll just sit there and just scroll through their repertory and just, you know, read all the incredible rubrics that we have in there. It's, um, yeah, we're very lucky to uh, have it's, such- it's a great tool with a lot of validation involved in it. Mm-hmm. Because uh, when you talk about synthesis, uh, the sources, they come with the the the, the sources uh, where that remedy has come in a certain rubric. Mm. So that is the greatest advantage that if you're referring to any rubric, you know the source of it. So at least it helps yeah. to, you to validate the information. If you believe in a certain author or a book, mm. you can refer to that remedy. So it's, a, it's an add-on for sure. Um, yeah. It's very yeah. handy. And it's nice because you can actually take that off as well, where it doesn't show you where the references are because it's usually so tiny at the bottom there. So I know there's, there's a setting that you can do in right yes, now. So you, you can, can see that. where the references right. is. And if you wanted to go and research, I tell you what, my days are so crazy with between clinic and clients and reading up. And I just trust that they have got it from the right source. I'm not going to go and check up on them. <laughs> <laughs> but it is handy. Like, but like you say, if there's a particular source that you really trust and you wanted to get a symptom specifically from that source, then it does make it a bit easier to find. Sure. As well. yeah. Mm. yeah. And how many staff do you have there at BJane? In the group, we, we're currently working with a team of about 500 people all together. Oh, wow. So uh, one big happy no. family. Yes, it is. Um, we really enjoy that. <laughs> Speaking of family, have you got any other family members that are involved in the business as well? Uh, yeah, it's a family business. So for sure, I mean, uh, as I mentioned, that I'm a part of the third generation. Yeah. So my younger brother, who he handles the publishing side of it okay. and the handicrafts and uh, 
the the other side of the business and i look after the pharmaceutical division and okay. my cousin he primarily looks into homeopathy books only so there's three people on the one of the generation that is working and yes my father and uncle there managing the whole show to see and to control ourselves and also oh that is really cool i love that it's amazing that after all these years so 55 years later that you could still keep it as a family business that is really special but yes, it is, yeah. I've noticed the Indian homeopaths, they like to keep it in the family because I had Saptashi Banerjee on as well. And he's fifth generation. And, you know, uh, Adil Chimtanawala is, I think, second, second or third generation. And his mum and his dad and his wife mm. and everyone's homeopaths. So they really like to keep it in the family over there. And but at the daughter. same time, uh, I understand, yeah, that's for the Indian culture. That certainly it's a part of the family. But I think with, with Bijan, we've got a lot of people who are, uh, responsible for this and who for the success it's not just us uh-huh. like we've got great team of homeopaths who, who are helping us and the team who's working along with us right they may be homeopaths or they may be just you know uh, a bee farmer background and mm. so they're all working contributing towards one common goal and uh, i think that's it's, it's a joint effort it cannot be just one or two three people working there That's really cool. So let's have a quick break and then we come back with some more. Okay, so we're back from the break. And Nishant, can you tell our listeners, you know, we've got a Facebook group. It's called the Homeopathy Hangout Podcast Facebook group. And we have a lot of listeners in there who post Mm -hmm. their questions of what they want to ask my guests or they'll discuss an episode in there afterwards. And one of the listeners asked in there about how many different remedies does your pharmacy have? Do you happen to know roughly how many remedies you have? Uh, we, we're catering to a lot of uh, categories, all the categories in homeopathy, right from dilutions to mother tinctures to schizler salts, uh-huh. to combination remedies and globules is another part of the product. So we, we different cater to different product categories. And when it comes to dilutions and mother tinctures, we have almost about, 600 dilutions for the moment and this list is increasing every day because mm-hmm. when it comes to dilutions we we made a rule ourselves internally to traditionally and historically in homeopathy majority of the companies the way they they started up was they started procuring the back potencies from an existing manufacturer yes yeah. So I don't know if you understand the back potencies yes. for example you want to do a 30 potency or 200 potency mm-hmm. they would buy a 29C or uh, 199C and make it available. Yes. But the biggest anomaly in currently in homeopathy is the testing mm. on the final product is limited. You cannot find any source of existence majorly beyond 6X. So what happens is uh, if you're buying a, a 29C or 199C from somebody, how do you ensure that that it is actually a 29C or 199C? You have to just trust the supplier, but you don't have any other source to validate that information. Mm. Mm. So we as a company decided that all the dilution that we're going to prepare, we're going to procure it right from the scratch as in a, a herb or the animal source or the chemical. And we will preserve that original material used in our herbarium so that there's a reference that what particular part of plant was used to prepare that remedy. So we start from the scratch. So at least we are 100% sure that the raw material is, is absolutely correct. 
And then we build the potencies further to make a 199C or 29C or 1MM, all the potencies. So at least there's a reliability factor Mm. on the raw material stage, Mm. else otherwise there is no other validation process. So this ensures us that our dilutions are 100% effective because otherwise if I'm buying it from some other company, I just have to trust them and I cannot have any surety to my customers that this is the right product or I can just tell them that I've so this is the thought that we started off. Mm. So we we trying to source all these remedies by the source of origin and make it further uh, potencies available. I didn't know that. That really puts your pharmacy apart because I know for a fact that most of the pharmacies buy it in from a 29C, often from Helios and places like that, and then they will take it up themselves to a 30C and higher. So I didn't know that your, yeah. so your 600 dilutions that you have, you have all made yourself from scratch. Uh, 99% of them. When it comes to 1%, for example, you talk about losodes or the the things which comes, which are very difficult to become extinct or Mm -hmm. there's no other source. Mm. Only for such remedies, we have to believe on the available resources. For example, you talk about carcinosin. Exactly. So, So which carcinosin was proven and how was it prepared? So you only have to rely that from an existing source and build it further. So we've procured that from reliable pharmacies oh, wow. across the globe, So, so which can provide us a documentation that this was the origin they started off with. And then we're building it further, whereas 99% of the medicines, it starts from scratch with us. So so that's a bit of a difference of the, the surety that Bijan comes with, with all the remedies that we prepare with. That's incredible. And just as a little sideline, which pharmacopoeia do you use to prepare the medicines? Because I know that there's a couple of different ones. I know America has got one and there's a European mm-hmm. one as well. Do you have a separate yeah. Indian one or do you use a different pharmacopoeia? Uh, there's, a, there's a homeopathic pharmacopoeia of India, which is used oh, yes. uh, primarily as because by default, there are many remedies which are, uh, you know, which are mentioned in the homeopathic pharmacopoeia of India. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, uh, there are many remedies which are not there in this list the Indian government gives us the right to manufacture based on German pharmacopoeia. It gives us the right to base or U.S. pharmacopoeia. So some remedies which are not available in the HPI, which is the homeopathic pharmacopoeia of India, we refer to the U.S. pharmacopoeia or the German ones. But there's a small little difference between the German and Indian or U.S. pharmacopoeia is that the U.S. and the Indian pharmacopoeia, majority of the remedies, they come from the dried herbs. Mm. So, and so basically we, that's a major source of uh, presentation, difference that which is, which we use to manufacture the remedies. Oh, that's really interesting. The pharmacy side of things really fascinate me. I find that really interesting. So, um, but of course in India, you have some incredible Indian drugs that are, that are turned into homeopathic remedies. And I always love chatting with the Indian homeopaths because they always prescribe like remedies that, you know, we won't that uh, use that often here in Australia, but because they're common Indian herbs, it's probably natural for the Indian homeopaths to prescribe those in their clinics. So I'm guessing, you know, it's probably easy for you to manufacture a lot of the herbs and things that you naturally find there in India anyway? Uh, I mean, yeah, certainly it helps us for sure. And uh, we do a lot of uh, farming ourselves as well in terms of sourcing those herbs in our own farms. Oh, wow. So so, so at least it gives us surely the quality of the herbs being used in many of them, which can be grown within the, the local environment here. 
else there are many remedies which comes from the european origin and the american origin so we buy that directly from a lot of other herb suppliers as well to to get the the source of origin of the right herbs but yes for sure we have a lot of indian herbs which are yeah. used in locally yeah, I guess that's where the, the dried herbs would be handy if you're getting things in from, you know, America. You couldn't possibly do that fresh anyway. So that's where the, the dried yeah. herbs would be. But the, yeah, I think at the same time, the, the, a lot of uh, sometimes people feel that the fresh herbs tend to make you a better remedy. But when you look into that technically, the amount of content of the medicine with the fresh herb or the dried herb, because based on the pharmacopoeia, what happens is when you have a fresh herb, the moisture content is so high that it, it the, the real medicine content gets diluted with water. Mm. So when you talk about the dried herbs, so what happens is the, the medicine content is there with less of water, so it does not get diluted. So so there are a lot of school of thoughts yeah. which comes with the source of remedies, whether it's a fresh one or it's a dried one. So, But the medicine content is important whether you use it, the kind of source it is. And at the end of the day, it's six of one, half dozen the other because it's energy medicine. So that plant's signature is going to be there, whether it's fresh or dry, I, I believe anyway, yeah. because it's, it's all energy medicine. So I don't, I don't know. At, at the end of the day, it's right. going to make that much of a difference, whether it's fresh or dried. That's just what I think yeah, personally. Um, that's, that's the beauty of homeopathy. We know that. So it works in the minimal, uh, yeah. the essence of the remedy as such. So. Mm-hmm. So Nishant, yeah. what, what's B. Jane's vision for the future? Because it really feels to me that there is a homeopathic revolution happening. And I don't know if it's because I'm just saying it the whole time. So I'm like willing it to happen. But what's your vision with B. Jane? Where do you see homeopathy going in the future? Do you feel things are expanding or contracting or what's I happening? At see, the I'm, I'm actually I'm optimistic by nature for sure. And uh, <laughs> I see, I mean, a lot of people, they come up that homeopathy is dying in the Western side. It's getting reducing, getting a lot of challenges just from the, the modern medicine. But I would mm. say that uh, the, the brighter side of it is that smaller countries like Japan or China or Thailand or Philippines and Sri Lanka and where homeopathy was not really there, people are struggling with that given environment to, to make homeopathy exist there and the number of homeopaths are increasing every year. Mm. So it's about... If even after having so many challenges, like we're having a Liga in Turkey, where the medicines are not legally allowed to get into the country, or it's so difficult that none of the companies can actually register the products in the legal environment, but still there's so many homeopaths who are practicing and who want homeopathy to be there. So it shows the willfulness of people that are fighting and make it, a, you know, things available. And so I see that it, there's a, a lot of opportunity for the system message there and the newer and newer countries joining hands together to get homeopathy coming up. So I see that at least the, the vision, that the, the dream that we see for homeopathy, as you were asking that, uh, we really want this to be a, a mainstream system of medicine for sure for everybody. Mm-hmm. Because I won't say that this system or the other system is good or bad, but Every system has got something good to contribute. Mm. And we need to do uh, you know, integrated medicine system across the globe so that we can have everything what's best possible available for each system to be there. So it has to work in harmony. Like in India, we've got a beautiful way of the different systems working together in the same environment. And people have a choice that they would have referred to. And allopathy or homeopathy or Ayurveda or yoga mm. or different natural systems. 
and they go in harmony and uh, as an acceptance so people have the choice and and they get the best of treatment so it's uh, i think if that can be developed and that can be worked on an integrated system there's a great future ahead and mm. at least for the entire community for ourselves so it's just so i see that at least to see that as possibility to mm. to come up with it yeah i think the whole world can learn from india and should have a minister of ayush where, you know, there's a minister that's in charge of, you know, the yoga, the Ayurveda and the homeopathics and everything else. Imagine if we had that all over the world, a minister of Ayush, that would be just incredible. I know we can certainly deal with one of those in Australia. (laughs) No, but yeah, I think, uh, you know, we have to take baby steps. Mm. Something is happening a little bit further. So I think uh, we all got to learn from each other and take it to the next step. So I really hope that uh, the other... Where it's a challenge, they try to learn a bit from India, and where it's much more organized, probably India has to learn from somebody else. So it's it's about just a process. Yeah. No, I, I tell you what, I do get a little bit jealous when I have a chat with the Indian homeopaths and I hear how, you know, you could have the homeopathy in the hospitals there and there's just so, you know, it's just so easily available and people actually know what homeopathy is. That's really my struggle mm-hmm. here in Australia. So many people don't even know what homeopathy is, which is why, you know, I'm doing this podcast to try and get the message out there. So people are just at least aware that it's there and homeopathy is there to help them if they need it. And all they have to do is ask. Sure. We're here. <laughs> <laughs> Is I hope there, so, yeah. Yeah. Is there any final message that you want to leave our listeners with today? It's just uh, for this homeopath especially, the message is keep doing what you're doing, love homeopathy. And with this beautiful science, I, I believe there's a lot to be delivered, mm-hmm. which we have to justify the, the due respect to the system, which... And it's just persistence to the same, whatever we're doing, we have to be persistent enough to, to keep pushing it forward. Mm-hmm. So, Amazing. Now, yeah. one last question is, Sean, do you post, I know you post to Australia because I get all of your goodies sent over here, but do you post everywhere in the world or can, yes, can people? We do. Yeah. And yeah, the website is bjain.com, B-J-A-I-N.com. So people can find you yeah. there and find out about your courses and your books. So many books. <laughs> yeah, I mean, bjain.com is uh, the, the, the main website. But for yeah. the pharmaceutical products, it's bjainpharma.com. This is B-J-A-I-N-P-H-A-R-M-A.com. .com. So Excellent. for any medicines medicines that you need then you can just reach out to us and and probably you can pick up any book on homeopathy probably you might have some contact or region available so so be there out there to serve you Yes, no, it's wonderful. And thank you so much for the service that you're giving the community and that you're making all these products available to us. And uh, certainly say thank you to uh, Nidhi for me because she's the one that always organizes my pillows and give her a big cuddle from me and say, Eugenie says thanks. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. I'll certainly pass on the message. Okay. Bye. Have a great day. Okay. Bye.